Speaking of hair, dude, my hair is getting long. <laughs> oh, you yeah. grew it back out. Yeah, but here's the thing. Um, nice. It's it's freaking thin on the top, dude. It's way thin. Hey, hey dude, mine is, I, I believe me, that big old mop I used to be able to, to rock. Yeah. Yeah, my, my, I, there was no curl in my hair left. It, it all grew, it's all straight. Uh, and the reason it's straight is because it all thinned out underneath. Uh, yeah, my way thin. Yeah, it's not it's not bald, but you know, uh, you can see you can see scalp where it parts. Yeah, my I just comb my hair straight back, but when I if I if I was to try to um um part it, you would see where it's gonna start to be gone. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have the um uh the hula skirt. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, no oh, shit. oh well. Oh, well. Well, it happens. At least I don't look like a Roman Catholic monk. You know what I mean? So, eh. well, that that that's kind of like Lisa's saying is 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 about covering gray all the time. Oh, forget and, it. And, and and I go, you know what? That's cool, and I understand you want to stay looking young as long as you can. Whatever. Yeah. I go. Me personally, I'm just gonna kind of lean into my fucking. Uh, it, it's kind of like you know what? My gray, I earned it. That's what I was just and, that was exactly what I was gonna say. I earned that gray. That's why that's and, why I get to sport it. So um so anyway, for those who don't know, you're uh you are getting you're finally getting married. Yeah. Um, yeah. In April. My which my, I, my 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 first marriage after fifty one years. Oh uh, yeah. Hey, let me tell you something. I wish I had waited fifty one years. I we I wanted to talk about a couple of things that anybody who follows these show knows that um um we do episodes uh, pretty sparsely and uh, that's going to change because um, even if I don't have a guest, I'm probably going to do like something short, um, probably uh, monthly, uh, maybe weekly, depending on how it goes. Uh, and I got a couple ideas about just some short things that I'm doing. Like, like right now, before we get into the, the big discussion, which is going to be a rant uh, and it's going to be ugly. So mm, if you want to fast forward, you, you, you can do that. But I want to talk about some software that that I've been dealing with. You, what what software are you using for post processing? Me, I yeah. don't do, I don't do my photo processing. My my old lady does it. She's still deciding whether she wants to spend the money for Photoshop or if we're just going to go the Corel route. Yeah, um, Corel's got a pretty uh, Corel uh, uh, Paint Shop Pro. Uh, I have it, and uh, it's cool. But um, it's got quite a following in its own right. But there's a new uh, suite of software that's coming up that I'm using right now. And actually, it's on sale right now for 50% off. And so even then, it's it's freaking cheap. Um, the suite, it's called Affinity. Uh, and it has, it has three components. Um, designer, uh, publisher, photo. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't, uh, uh, Photoshop is, is king of the hill. And, uh, and 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 until they screw up and somebody you know comes up on behind them and and wipes them out, they're going to be number one. Not only just for the for the um, the uh, cutting edge technology that they're using, but also for the um, the educational material. If you get onto um, um, uh, YouTube, you can find out absolutely anything that you want uh, just from people posting on uh, about uh, Photoshop or Lightroom or uh, even the the smaller components like Bridge. Or um, what's the other one that they use? Uh, like even like a uh, uh, Adobe Rush, uh, Adobe Rush uh, um, 
the video program that they use. You get all kinds of educational stuff. But one that's coming up uh, right now that I think uh, would be really interesting, especially for somebody who didn't want the um, uh, uh, subscription model, because we're, I know that you got you got a, a, a hard place in your heart for subscription models, especially after the cakewalk incident. <laughs> so I'm using this piece of software right now called Affinity, and it's actually really pretty cool because it um one of the reasons I got into it was I, I tried it a ways back and then I didn't buy it and I probably should have. So when it popped up again for fifty percent off, I decided to grab it. The the three programs, like I said before, are designer, uh, publisher, and photo. Photo is 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 a fairly um, stripped down version of Photoshop. Although uh, um, there's uh, some plugins that I'm also trying out right now. One is called the Nick Collection, and one is called Topaz Labs. Uh, well, the, there's a bundle from Topaz Labs, a um, a noise, uh, an anti, a denoiser, uh, a um, sharpener, and they have this one that's really cool called Gigapixel. Gigapixel is supposed to um, enlarge the size of your uh, photograph up to 600 times what it normally is. That would allow you, assuming it will works as advertised that would allow you to take something like a like a four by five um now obviously digital we know when digital shooting that it's not actually shooting at four by five it's shooting consider the aspect ratio may be four by five but it's shooting a considerably larger size but this allows you supposedly to increase your um your um print size by 600 percent 600 percent that's freaking crazy you could print if you printed a a a, a no normally we got eight by ten right now imagine that six hundred times that it's freaking crazy. You could be, you could pay, you you could you could put it on a freaking movie screen, and 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 still have the resolution that you need. Now, like I said, that's if I haven't t- tested it out, but that's if it works like that. So anyway, those are the those are plugins, and that's actually what I was thinking about talking about on my own little, you know, my own little time fillers that I'm going to try to be doing like at least monthly, if not weekly. But what I want to talk about, like I said, was um, Affinity because I know you you don't like the the um, subscription model after what happened with um, uh, Cakewalk or um, right. Sonar. Yeah, that sucked. For those who don't know, uh, Cakewalk is a, a, an audio um, editing and recording program that was really huge and really popular, and it was owned by a couple people, but ultimately it was owned by Gibson. Well, Gibson... Um, uh, and it was a, they moved to a subscription model. Well, Gibson, uh, what did they do? Gibson got rid of them, or they or they went bankrupt, or something. What happened with with Cakewalk? Yeah, Gibson had to Gibson had to file bankruptcy. Yeah, because they spent they spent a whole crap ton of money on things that weren't guitars. Yeah, I know. And, and, and way overextended themselves. And let's just say it's it's not. 1987 when slash came out and everyone's buying a less ball so you know with the you know and, and to be honest with you from what i understand that their quality has been declining over the years and well they they, more, they bought up a bunch of um of uh, knockoff uh companies they they were running kramer i think weren't they if they if they did they ran it into the ground <laughs> yeah, well, they disappeared. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, they had a, a bunch of. Oh, oh, I think they had Steinberger, didn't they? Well, they had bought up a bunch of um, of companies, and I think not so much the yeah. companies, but like the name. And they were um, 
they were selling off um, uh, Japanese-made stuff, which I'm sure was probably fine. But you know, it wasn't. Oh, they own. I think they owned um, Stein. No, not Steinberger. Who was that? Um, didn't they own uh, Spectre? They own. Well, they picked uh, up I, a bunch. I, they picked up they, a bunch. It wasn't really their guitars that were screwing them over. Although, like I said, the, <clears throat> for for guitars they were charging four grand and up for. Uh, the quality, the quality uh, was what was just not there, mm-hmm. and uh, so they. Uh, it, it, but it was it was all the ancillaries that they bought, like they bought KRK uh, uh, the speaker. Oh. oh, okay. And uh, I mean, they were just buying all crap like that, and um, I think they owned Cascam. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, that that's an, yeah they did. They paid. They had Cascam. I remember that. Or actually, they didn't own Tascam. They owned TIAC, which owned Tascam. Okay. Um, yeah, they had bought a bunch of shit that had nothing to do with guitars. Yeah. Uh, and and it, they just way overextended themselves, and they were trying to... And, and they were good. I mean, they were spending a lot of money on these things they had invested in. Because under, under their subscription model, I, I mean, they would have monthly updates on, on all their on all, all their software and, and the updates were shit. Yeah. Um, and then they had to file for bankruptcy. And the first thing they did was uh, downgrade that, that product. And, and, but, but after they had sold us a lifetime subscription fee. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. The, 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 the advantage of the, of the subscription model, we're speaking of both, um, so, sonar and sonar and also um adobe because the, the the this the idea is exactly the same instead of having to pay 600 bucks up front and having a program that's good for about three three to five years and then they do a major release and then you have to pay you pay usually a reduced amount for for a um a, a up an upgrade to the next right. version uh usually pay you know between 50 and and you know like 75% or so of what, what uh, a new user would pay. Instead of doing that, what they do is that you, by paying a, a considerably smaller fee on a monthly basis or a yearly basis, depending on what you're doing, then they then you get all their updates immediately. And they're capable of doing things like in a very, very short amount of time because Adobe right now is using a thing called the Creative Cloud Desktop. And and basically, they're doing a lot of great stuff with it. They're, they're, they're really expanding that as almost a, a, a nexus of the of the other software. Uh, and um, so you can, I've had uh, usually every couple months or so, there'll be a, a, a heavy upgrade. But but whenever they have like bug fixes, they'll do it almost immediately, and that's the advantage of the of the um, of the um, subscription model. Now, the disadvantage is the fact that if they go uh, um, under, uh, that's it for you because uh, if you're paying for the month, if you're paying monthly, then you don't get screwed quite as much. But if you're paying yearly or even like you paid, which is a lifetime, and they close out, you're out of luck because mm-hmm. when people say, yeah. We figured out that when people say lifetime, they're talking about lifetime of the product. So when anytime you hear right. somebody say, "Yeah," but but it doesn't sound that way. It sounds it's not your lifetime; it's the lifetime of the product. It sounds like you're going to get a, a warranty or support for here to the end of time, but that's not what happens. At the end of the product life, at the end of the life of the product, that's it. 
you're done and you and and you you don't i it, it, it's unlikely that you're going to have any legal recourse i imagine there's probably a possibility but it's unlikely so a lot of people right now are, there, there, there was a uh, class action suit well, against uh against import but the, the fact was they they went belly up yeah they 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 signed uh whatever chapter of bankruptcy they had to sign to let them still operate their guitar company and basically wrote off any liabilities they had. Yeah, well, one of the things they, they did was they re-released that software at a stripped-down version and for free. So all, and that was even worse. At least if it had disappeared. Oh, no. what? oh it's not stripped down. The, the, when BandLab uh, bought them, it's not stripped down, dude. It is the full Monty. Really, it's it is free? what I it's what it's what I spent over a thousand dollars for. You get a very updated version of it, and it is one hundred percent free with oh, a shit. band lab account. Damn, I didn't oh, know yeah. that. Oh, I didn't oh, know yeah. that. I thought it was. I thought it was. Yeah, but all the oh. all the they don't have all they it has all all the plugins and stuff that came with it. There's a few that didn't come with, that that came with the uh, paid version that you don't get. Okay, yeah, uh, that's kind of what like, I figured. Like, yeah. Like four or five, but it's not. I mean, you still have a full functional. I mean, if you if if you're not looking for any crazy, really cool uh, plugins, it's still got all the plugins you need to get the work done. Okay. Well, that's not. Well, okay. Yeah. So really, the the the, the major problem, I guess, is the fact that um, uh, you paid a thousand bucks for it. A bunch of people right now are getting it for free, and that kind of exactly. sucks. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Still- I'm still using the version I paid for, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yep, I know what you're talking about, dude. Run that to the, run that to the ground. Um, the, so oh, a lot of way, people are, are uh, trying to... By the way, if, if, if you have the paid version with the plugins, mm-hmm. those plugins work in the, in, the, in the new version. Oh, okay. You already own the plugins, so okay. they transfer. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, a lot of people try to get out of the... Um, the um, subscription model and a lot of it has to do with with that fact is that um there's a lot of uh questionable uh things like we just heard just not uh, not too long ago that when you when you buy a song like off of um um whatever apple itunes or whatever technically you don't own the song you just own the license to play the song but people don't really know that and they think that they they own the song and that actually happened to me because i had a phone and i realize now what had happened i had a phone it was a, a windows phone um and they, they had a so microsoft had a, had a music service so i bought a bunch of stuff every so often i buy a couple things and it was kind of cool but that's just gone i have no idea where that is it, all that music that i had bought just kind of just vaporized so back to um Affinity. Affinity right now has um. There's a there, the Affinity Designer is the main uh, program, and uh, it, it kind of acts as a as a um, a parent. It's at the top. You can use either one individually if you want, but if you get the suite, the um, designer is uh, basically a, a graphic design so, um, software. So if you're doing things, a lot of uh, photographers do things other than photography. So they will do um, um, all kinds of graphic design stuff, or they'll do cartooning or their draw, or they'll do all kinds of different things. So that allows you to do all that stuff. And uh, then uh, I got it because I was, we've been talking about zines, and uh, and it's, been, it's really difficult for people to figure out what to do or how to do it. Some people were saying that they're doing, they're do what they're doing is pretty their pictures typing up on paper pasting them together scanning them 
turning those into PDFs and sending them off to be printed, which seems like a lot of work. <laughs> eh. well, so anyway, I got the publisher. And the reason I got it was because um, it's way cheap. But also, um, publishing zines, we've been talking about that, and it's really difficult to do. So, uh, well, it's not really difficult to do. It's just to get started is kind of confusing. So it's really uh, a good piece of software to do that. And then we moved down to um, um, Photo. Photo it's like a stripped-down version of um, uh, Photoshop, uh, except that um, it, um, the, it it handles a lot of plugins, including um, the Topaz Lab and the Nick Collection. And you can do all that, uh, all your stuff, uh, all your presets and crap in, in the uh, Nick Collection or, or Topaz or whatever you want, and um, do the basic adjustments in photo. So anyway, I was just going to say that if you're a lady, um, you, you can get a, a free trial, and uh, she might want to try it out. It's also um, um, not um, um, resource. It's not a resource hog. One of the things that people talk about a lot is that um, the Adobe stuff is a freaking resource hog, and so running it on a on a uh, smaller computer is a kind of a pain in the ass. So as your computer starts to get older. Eh, yeah, you're gonna have trouble running it, and they just keep making it bigger and bigger and bigger. So well, I've, anyway, I've, I've got two brand new uh, computers running i nines. Yeah, you. Yeah, I know you built a. You probably have no limitations as far as this is concerned. I just got a laptop with i five in it and a freaking um something. Uh, what uh, oh, a uh, solid state hard drive, uh, an M two style drive. So, uh, but the cool thing is, is it was designed. It was designed with a space for an additional uh, 2.5 millimeter hard drive. So what I did was I got a, uh, now the, the upper uh, limit for RAM is 20 gigs. So, uh, or 20 megs, 20 megs, mm, 20 megs. So I, I, I ordered a, a 16 meg stick and put that in there. Cause one of them is soldered in. The other one is, is uh, upgradable. So I've created that. So I'm running okay. 20, 20 megs. And then I put in a, um, a one terabyte, um, uh, 2.5 millimeter. The reason I did that is because, um, I'm running all the software off of the off of the M2 drive that came with the the drive because it's freaking whipping fast. And then I'm right. using the um, the two uh, the um, 2.5 for storage. And then it, it's it's fast too. It's solid state, but um, it's not as fast as the M2. So I got a couple well, out, out, outboards and stuff, and that's what I'm using for a kind of backup. My my the what the, the one I built for my music production. Uh, it, it'll accept M2. Uh, drives on it uh-huh it looks it'll i can put two of them on it uh and i thought about running them but then i i looked at uh because of the price and size you know size size wise and price you know going back and forth between that stuff uh they just uh the the, the speed i was going to get wasn't going to wasn't going to make what i was doing work any faster yeah one of the problems with solid state drives is well, it's getting better now, but initially um, you were getting a, a, a what is it, a, a five sixteen or whatever the hell it is, and that's it. And actually, I had to, I had to pay extra to get that oh. because normally it's a it's a it's a like a two and a half um, um, uh, what is it two uh, two hundred oh. like fifty two fifty six. It was a 256 uh, uh, megs at that hard drive, but I had a paid extra to get the larger drive because, uh, and then even then, that's only like 516 or 518 or whatever the hell it is. So, for, for, but, for, 
for a solid state drive, I'm running two two terabyte ones. Uh, not yeah, these are M2s. Uh, I'm talking about the M2 oh, that came with it. The um the yeah, uh, two point five yeah. millimeter. I'm running a tele, I'm running a, a terabyte drive as a as a. Um, I could have gone up to uh, two two terabyte. Well, actually, I could have gone higher than that. I've seen terabyte drives that are that are um, freaking gargantuan. But for a long time, um, those um solid state hard drives were extraordinarily limited whipping fast compared to and more much more reliable and cooler and a whole hell of a lot less power that's why um the uh, laptop people were embracing those because they used uh they extended your battery life because they didn't have you didn't have to run those motors that were running those platters but like much like the um the cathode ray tube uh the um uh the physical drive is pretty much dead that's that technology is unreliable it's old and it is um simply you know you know don't if you're buying a computer with a, I I usually don't tell people what to do <laughs> and i there's this guy on this radio show called leo laporte who i simply cannot stand but this guy is always telling people what to do and what oh don't get that you don't want that you don't want this but here's what i will tell you Physical drives are dead. If you're buying a computer with a physical drive, if you're buying a new computer that's got a physical drive in it, you're going to screw yourself. <laughs> Don't do that. Do not do that. Um, oh, hey, that's freaking cool. I'm fucking around with some pro- software right now, so if you hear me go, oh, shit, that's that's because that's what I'm doing. Um, what I did, I, I'm using, I'm messing around with this thing called uh, Color Effects in uh, the Nick, um, the Nick, um, uh, collection and um i'm just messing around color effects is kind of a the your color preset tool that's you know it's a, the module they like to call it a module well the thing is up at the at the top right hand corner there's a couple little buttons and one of them is zoom and they have a a, a there's a drop down box and it, it just says uh 6.5 12.5 50 100 200 400 i'm like okay cool whatever i don't know why they have to pick those numbers but i just noticed that there's a button uh, which tells you what you have. Like right now, I'm at Zoom 200. But if I click that, it'll zoom. It'll 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 zoom out to to fit. And I'm like, oh, that's freaking cool. And so and then oh, it, it, and when you do it, there's a, there's a there's a tiny navigator window so you can see where you're zoomed in and move it. It's freaking bad. This is the shit. <laughs> uh, I, I was going, just going back to uh, subscription models real fast. Huh? The reason I'm not interested in subscription models is because I will go months at a time without even thinking about grabbing my camera. Yeah, okay, see, that's another and, reason. Yeah, And that, that makes the subscription model not worth my money. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the things, that's, that is a, a thing about, uh, I, I use, uh, oh, I did, I'm trying, I think, and I'm going to end that and not use those. But I used to use a lot of... Um, um, you know, use Lightroom all the time, Lightroom Classic. But right. th- it, that leaves me three pieces of software that I'm not using. The the file manager. Well, there's a couple of free things that you can use. Oh, actually, I did use this one really cool thing. It's sort of a. Uh, it's called um, um, Spark, and it's um, a, a graphic design thing. But but it, everything's like all pre-made templates and stuff, so you can like grind out like fires and and brochures and all kinds of shit fucking fast and you save the the um the job and so um 
uh, you know, like you, you like you make up a flyer for somebody and they and and they go, oh crap, you know, we we gotta um, we got another show on this day. No sweat. You bring up the same file and it's in components. You just go down and you change the the text component, and uh, and then you just print it off again. It's freaking bad, and you can do all kinds of crazy stuff, simple things to really change the look. So I use that one a little bit, but I use um, mostly I use Lightroom Classic, and then and so Photoshop. Although I have been messing around with Photoshop a little bit, I hardly ever use it. And even though it's got some really cool stuff, I hardly ever use it. And then their file manager bridge, I don't use that either, hardly, hardly at all. And then the online um, uh, Lightroom, I, I don't, I never use that. What I was trying to do was move to the online um, uh, ecosystem that they are t- touting, which would be Bridge, Photoshop, and um, uh, Lightroom, the online version. And and I was hoping that that would kind of forced me to use all that software but i still have it it's it becomes it's basically wasted money so that's one of the reasons why i'm thinking of switching over to the affinity because i'll have i already paid for it and i get free updates so i don't have to worry about it and then um it's got the um the design so i can fuck around with that it's got the um um publisher so i can make my zines if i want or whatever i want really i can i can make freaking books i can do anything i want same thing with the designer if i want to make t-shirts or um hats or stickers or whatever i can do all that in there and just just send that shit off to a to a printer and then the uh, photo like i said is not um not the most robust photo um editor but it's pretty freaking good and um and with with the one of the plugin sets if you so chose um it, it, it it's pretty freaking and it's um um resource it's not a resource hog there's one thing though that i did want to say that 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 people should know about about this this particular program and that is that they have a, a module inside um and i think it's inside all three components it's called stock and when you open it it allows you to to um uh, it allows you to go searching. Let me bring it up so we can really, so I can, I can be clear. It allows you to go searching through three um, uh, uh, stock image sites, and you can get all this stuff for free. Uh, and now they usually will tell you, hey, this guy made this. It's like, okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> but you don't have to pay for it or anything like that. Yeah, so they have a use. It's it's a window. Um, you can pick uh, use splash. Pixel or Pixel Bay, and then you can just type in your um, what you want. Like like when I did that one snitch where I I I had taken a picture of a guy wearing a mask, and then I had um, blended I the the text snitch into his mask, and it it matched up with the um, with the um, the texture of the mask. But the where I got it was I simply went to the um, to the screen uh, the uh, stock screen, and I and I typed in what I wanted. And then all I did was grab it and drag it and drop it onto a canvas, and that was it. So you can go, and I was watching this one guy who was doing the same thing. He was making a poster. He actually was making a poster for the post office. And so he just he went through there, and he took a bunch of pictures, threw them on this canvas, and then he started chopping them up. And so it, he almost like the um, the um, the uh, the William Burroughs um, uh, uh, cut up version, uh, cut up technique, where he takes um, uh, sentences, cuts them into sections, and then rearranges them. That's what this guy was doing. I'm like, God, this guy's freaking brilliant. So anyway, the access to um, uh, free uh, um, um, uh, uh, images is um, uh, something that you don't have. Although actually, I think. Photoshop may have a plugin that allows you to do that, but like I said, a damn thing right now—it's on sale for twenty-five bucks, and that ain't freaking bad. 
Yeah, so your lady's doing all your um your post processing and shit. Well, I haven't really been taking any pictures lately. She, but you know, she. I I mean, if if I'm doing some my work, I generally mm-hmm. will take care of it myself because I know what I want it to look like. Yeah. Uh, and, and generally, I'm not I'm not in there fixing a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I might mess with the uh uh the saturation just a tiny bit and uh mess with the black white balance just a touch beyond that i i, I just really don't have much yet. i uh it's kind of like uh it's kind of like what i learned about the difference between uh what professional sounding tracks sound like as opposed to somebody making music in their garage professional sounding tracks the 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 trick is to get it right at the source this whole fix it in the mix shit that's for amateurs yeah you, uh, okay you, you want to get your shit done right at the source. You take the picture you want and, 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 and so that you don't have to do that much work that so that there's not that much post-processing work. Yeah. You, um, yeah. Post-processing. Um, yeah. The term fix it in the mixes or fix it in post is, is oh, it has a negative connotation. But the fact is, is that um, you do have to make sure that you um, you're capable of, um, of repairing that stuff before we didn't have that ability you basically when you're doing um um when you're editing film you had to do uh, you had to crop or you had crop you had um dodge and burn and you had um uh chemical like the type of paper that you use or the type of um film stock you're using or the chemicals that you're using or the dilutions that you're using all kinds of stuff like that but you had to kind of know through experience what was going to happen and how to get it. Now we shoot raw. We gen- well, we don't always shoot raw, but we generally will be shooting raw and then running it through post-processing after. If you have a really high-end camera, like a lot of the Fuji cameras that have like really great presets, and um, and they also own the rights to a lot of um, film stocks, so they they can get the look. Uh, mm-hmm. and they will. Um, they, a lot of people will shoot uh, straight into JPEG. Like uh, my friend, he shoots a Nikon. He shoots some. Um, he's kind of funny. He shoots manual mode. But he shoots uh, shoots into JPEG. It's kind of kind of kind of unusual. But there was a guy, uh, um, Sean Tucker, uh, uh, YouTuber on. Um, um, he's out of Europe, out of uh, England, and he's. Um, He's doing a lot of photography stuff. He does it about once a month, but he does the same thing. He's he shoots um, into JPEG, and the reason why he does that is because he he um, uh, wants the fast uh, transfer to um, online. So he shoots in J. Well, right now he's using a, a Ricoh GR3. That's usually his primary camera. But even before that, he was using like um, um, the smaller um, uh, Fujis or the smaller Sony's, and then he would. Mm-hmm. Um, he transfer it to his phone, uh, tweak it in whatever program he's using, and then upload it. That's how. That's what he was doing. That was his workflow. So it's very quick and very small. So that's that's kind of cool. Plus, he said I'd go out shooting, then I'd go get a get some uh, coffee at the shop, and then I would um, or tea or whatever the hell British people drink. I don't know what they're drinking drinking these days, but um, he would edit it, and then he would um, while he's drinking his um, cappuccino or whatever, and then he would just upload it to. Instagram. He's a big Instagram guy, so that was kind of why he was doing it that way. He does a lot of other things, you know. He does he does um 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 big camera photography and stuff, but you know, I'm full frame photography and all that kind of stuff. But um his primary um major workflow is um a small camera um to um a smartphone and then onto Instagram or onto whatever social media he's doing. So, that's cool. 
there, there I, I I found a place that I I, I want to do some shooting, but I need to. The drive from my house is about it's about uh, about eight hours from my house. Oh shit! So, so I need to drive out there, get a room somewhere nearby, and there's not much nearby, and then uh spend the day out there, and and then uh you know drive back. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a little town just inside of New Mexico at the Arizona border. Uh-huh. And it's an old, uh, railroad town. Oh yeah. But it's a ghost town now. It's, uh, it's all broken down. And I mean, there's a couple of people that have mobile homes out there that live like in the middle of it, but it is, it's nothing. It's all tore up and broke down. And I just go, man, I can get some great pictures in there. It's, it's not like Calico where, you know, it's. Uh, a uh, big tourist attraction. Now. Yeah, yeah, that's a tur- that's a tourist attraction. Yeah, uh, th- this place has no roller coasters, no mines to go down in. It, it was it was put there as a railroad stop. Yeah, going into, going into New Mexico. In fact, the train still rolls right right through it. <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah. Um, th- one other thing, a lot of people will take a road trips that's an important thing to do i actually just did it today i went over the i mean it was an eight hour road trip but i was out for a while i got up i grabbed a bunch of stuff i did not shoot near what i wanted to shoot not at all i'm in another freaking rut and it's pissing me off but i i did shoot some pretty cool stuff but like i said not not near what i had planned so anyway um I go up to uh, Idlewild. For those who don't know, it's a mountain town in um, uh, in between uh, Beaumont and uh, Beaumont Banning. Uh, Beaumont Banning are so close together. Sometimes people call them Beaumont Banning, <laughs> or they'll confuse the two. And then Hemet. Uh, so you go up the 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 major highway, and you go you go through the mountains, and you go through a little. Uh, crossroads called town center and a little gas station a little liquor store and then and then you turn and you can either go to lake him and go fishing or you can go to idlewild and go get something to drink so you go to idlewild and there's a lot of houses there and what you don't realize is there's a lot of people living in those mountains and i mean i don't mean i mean it's not you know as at where you know like where we live but there's a lot of people there so i went up there and i shot and then i decided i'm going to go all the way through because i know that it ends up in beaumont so I went over the mountain and I, and I, you know, it's like 6,000 feet up. I'm like freaking, oh God, this is crazy. Um, there's two motels up there, which I think would be fucking bitching. If you got a girlfriend and you want to get away for the weekend, go up there. There's two of them. It's freaking cool. So anyway, um, so then uh, I drove over and I ended up, I I decided, I go, hey, you know what? I'm going to go over to um, um cabazon so i go over to cabazon and uh not only uh they painted the um uh and actually i posted them on my instagram they painted the um uh the uh dinosaurs the one bit one long neck pink with a heart it says love <laughs> and the other one they t- painted him into a tuxedo with a little a candy uh a heart box that says be mine <laughs> well um apparently I'm they're doing uh, morongo right yeah, it's just past Morongo. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, I, I pass by, I pass by those dinosaurs every every trip. Yeah, you just see them where they're just them where they're pink and shit. Well, um, yeah, they 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 paint them for all the holidays. Yeah, that's what they're doing now. But I didn't, they wouldn't do it. Well, I haven't been up there in probably a year. But when I went there, they weren't doing it. Now they're doing it for all the holidays. They do it. They did it for Christmas. I saw a picture of, of um the Tyrannosaurus Rex t- dressed up like Santa Claus. 
<laughs> yeah, they have cool. Santa Claus Rex. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. So, um, one of the problems now, I shoot film. That's my primary medium, and and I shoot um, I shoot digital when it's required or when I need to, or if I have a specific thing going on. So, I am not against film people. That's not what's going on. The problem is the. I had to deal with this uh, these people today that are running a, another podcast. Now we talked about this a ways back, and, and the, the podcast never made it to the to the um, to the um, to the air because it was pretty divisive. And after I listened to it for a while, I realized that it was just a lot of you know not going anywhere. Now, actually, uh, as I'm looking for this particular thing, the Shirley card, uh, there's a bunch of people ta- claiming that it's a, it's racist. <laughs> Uh, anyway, sure you didn't, you didn't think he came up with that on his own, do do you? He he he's he's listening yeah. to what other photographers are saying, and and he's going along with he's going along with the crowd. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's true. He's not capable of that kind of of um of deductive reasoning or that creating that kind of of um uh, theory or philosophy. Yeah, he he's certainly he's just parroting stuff that he's that he's been told by somebody else. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but Most I was the all all this racism stuff. That's all it is, and just parroting. It's like if if you're going through if you're going to go through life where all you do is look for racism, you're the racist. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's true. And I I, I stated that in the past. If you're um if you're a, a white apologist, you're a racist. If yeah. you're using, yeah, you, yeah, you are, you absolutely are, because what you're doing is, regardless of whether it's your own race or not, first of all, why are you even worried about about people's race anyway? That why are you why are you so obsessed with that? The other, the, but if if you're um, uh, denigrating your own um, culture based on skin color, and and you think that that's reasonable. That doesn't make any sense. And not only that, what you're doing is creating a, a an enemy based solely on their skin color. So if you're a white apologist, you're a racist. Also, if you're using the term um of color, you're a racist. The reason why oh, yeah. is because yeah, because because what you're doing is you're separating uh, people into two groups of color and everybody who's not of color. So everybody who's not of color is white. So you're splitting <laughs> everybody who's not white into your group and everybody's white into another group so yeah so if you're using those terms you're uh, you're a racist so don't be coming off like you're like you're clean because you're not so you know but oh you do you have something to say um well uh i'm kind of tired of everything is racist and 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 every every everyone's down on everything white yeah, we. If you recall, in the last couple of years, we've had a day without Mexicans. <laughs> That's all hilarious. Mexicans were, were, where all the Mexicans decided they weren't going to go to work, <laughs> and show them what a day without them would be like. Uh, we've had a day. I, I think it was last year during Black History Month, we had a day without black people, where you were not supposed to use anything that black people invented. So what happened? What happened was um, they, I was listening to this podcast and they were doing uh, a thing, a story on a Kodak. And I go, oh, Kodak, that's cool. A little Kodak history. I always like Kodak history. And they were talking about a thing called the Shirley card. And I go, okay, well, what's, what the hell is the Shirley card? So they tell basically the story of the Shirley card. And basically what it was is they had this girl named Shirley. I can't remember her last name, but the, the reason it's called the Shirley, Shirley card is because the original model was named Shirley. So – 
she's this um, lady. She's wearing a dress, black gloves. There's a, 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 a blue swath behind her and a red swath behind her. And the and here's what, what the thing was is that film back then it was hard to calibrate the colors, you know, because you there was no there it's not digital. So you, we know exactly what what this particular color is and that particular color is because it's all the same. Although we do calibrate monitors. Some people do. I don't, but some people do. But um, in order to calibrate your chemicals or your machine, they would uh, Kodak would issue you this this picture, which was called the Shirley card. And then you would um, print some stuff off that was kind of along that lines. And if it matched the colors in the, in the Shirley card, you would, um, um, you would assume, okay, my stuff's together. Well, the original one was a blonde white girl and with some uh, color um, squares below her. And then the next one, she, her hair, you know, years later, it was the same girl, but it was a little bit darker. A couple years later, it's the same girl, but she had a different haircut and her hair was a little bit lighter. Well, they immediately started talking about whiteness, about whiteness, whiteness. <laughs> now, we know whiteness is a horrible. So they immediately pulled the race card. I'm like, OK, what was the majority of skin colors in the 50s in the United States? I would assume white. I haven't checked it, but I would imagine that the majority of people in this country in the 1950s were white. I would suspect. So um, you would you would have to um, assume that Kodak is trying to sell to the highest um, demographic that, that that will that will buy their product, the largest number. They don't care what your medium income is. That doesn't matter to them. They just need to sell as much as they possibly can. So um, they're going to be as efficient with their marketing and advertising as possible, and they are going to. Um, uh, uh, kill as many birds with one stone as they possibly can okay a couple years later some guy who was shooting a chocolate uh he was shooting chocolate (laughs) which is funny he was shooting chocolate and um he complained because the colors didn't represent his product very well so they decided to that oh god there's a problem people with our skin are not being represented um correctly and their hair is not being represented correctly and some clothes are not being represented correctly. Okay. So a couple years later, they issued a card um, where there's a white lady in the middle wearing a black sleeveless dress. There's an Asian lady to one side wearing a uh, sleeved short um, tan dress. And then there's a black lady to the other side wearing a white um, uh, uh, short sleeve pantsuit. These people, um, these podcasters, uh, podcasters uh, claimed that um, – um, they are looking in different directions or looking in the all we're looking in different or in the wrong direction. And then um, our the lady that is on that podcast responded with just like Kodak. She immediately turns this into um, a racial um, attack. So they start they bring up George Floyd. They bring up they claim that everybody is a racist. Every company in the United States is a racist. Everybody's a freaking racist. OK, so I. I got nothing to do this afternoon, so I'm taking a break from because from my road trip, and I decided to send um, my good buddy, uh, the uh, uh, podcast host, a letter. And I basically tell him, "Hey, dude, do you remember me from the last time when you called me a right wing racist?" Oh yeah, it's me. I go, "Hey, I go, I just listened to your podcast." And I go, "You telling me you guys go all the way back to 1950 in order to pick up uh, uh, some kind of proof that Kodak is is racist? You bring back, uh, uh, you revisit." Um, uh, George Floyd, and here's the thing: you're not getting a, a, a murder conviction, George Floyd. You might get um, uh, 
manslaughter under color of authority, but you are absolutely not getting a murder case. You're not getting a murder conviction for that. That we already know. Yes, he killed. Uh, he was killed by that cop. But the way this guy worded that was extremely racially inflammatory. He says he's talking about Floyd. Uh, he's talking about Floyd murdered by a white cop. I go, OK, uh, OK, well, the guy hasn't even had his day in court, so he hasn't murdered anybody. He killed him. We saw that, but he hasn't murdered anybody. But this guy immediately is starting to try to um, um, inflame um, um, uh, racial um, uh, racial anger, and it's it's really getting kind of out of hand. Then um, uh, he said a couple other things which were completely ridiculous, and so I basically told him, I go, hey, man, um, if you want to come on the show and talk about this, Come on the show. Now, he he actually I, I offered that um, months ago when this when I first dealt with this guy and he um, refused. Well, he refused because he doesn't have a leg to stand on. He refused because he couldn't hold his own. He refused because his um, his um, philosophy is completely skewed. Um, the guy uh, couldn't hold his own against me. And, and that's why he's not coming on the show. When you're saying something inflammatory. Um, that's fine. You're totally allowed to do that. And you're allowed to, even if you have um, 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 beliefs that are not probably correct, um, you're allowed to have those. Absolutely. But you have to be able to back it up. And this guy couldn't back it up. That's one of the problems that I'm seeing in a lot of these podcasts, especially the um, film photography podcast. One, Here's the thing about film photography is that it, the, a lot of the podcasters, they have a hierarchical structure. They think they're somebody because they host a podcast. So what? Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. It's not that difficult. And um, they they think that they are entitled to say whatever they want without being checked we know of at least two other people that i that i checked and um they didn't take kindly to it so this is another two people who i checked and they apparently decided that that instead of actually dealing with it and dealing with what they're um what they're propagating they just want to um ignore it and they want to block me and push me off but um you know what if you want to be like that you can be like that but you're a pussy that's the problem you're a racist that's the problem you got no guts you got no balls you can't you flap your gums but you got nothing to back it up and that's what i see and i'm seeing a lot of that lately and so um it's it's the same problem that goes all the way back to the internet once upon a time in this world if you said half the shit that people say to each other online you were gonna either get your ass handed to you or you were at least going to have to indulge in a fight a fist fight yeah um yeah I, I know I know years ago somebody uh, somebody couldn't get the best of me in a, in a in a war of intellect. So he started calling me like the most horrible shit I'd ever heard in my life. And I went, really? So I punched his name on in on Google and I go, hey, Mr. Blah, 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 <clears throat> living at blah, 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 blah. I'll be there in a half hour and you can say this to me in my face. <laughs> and all this all of a sudden he had nothing more to say to me. Yeah. I go, I go just like I thought, pussy. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the problem. Um, one of the there there's no uh, um, ramifications. You can say that you can say whatever you want. You can call people names. You can you can degrade people. You can insult people. You can um, start um, you can um, uh, stoke racial tensions and and then and then claim you're you're um, a non-racist or an anti-racist or whatever the hell you want to call it now, and. Um, and um, you think that there's no ramifications, and a lot of times there aren't. People people are in a situation where they're they're not checked. 
Nobody tells him uh, there, there's no society has has degenerated dramatically because uh, there's no nobody's nobody's getting straightened out. Right? When I was a, a kid. Yeah, I totally. I, yeah, I totally um, know what you're talking about. When I was a kid, um, you wanted to call me names. That's cool. But you did it to my face. And right. if you did it to my face and I decided that I wasn't going to be having none of that. Um, I would let you have it back. And then if we couldn't come to an agreement, then we'd start beating the crap out of each other. That's right. how we yeah. did it. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. People come off like, well, they, that's barbaric. Um, no, that's human nature. That's how we do it. That's society. Right? If you, I'll, you, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, you have I'll, no. I'll do, you, I'll, I'll do you one even better, Mike. Hmm. In the 1800s, there were places in this world, places where, you know, pretty damn close to where we live. That if you just said motherfuck to somebody, you might catch a bullet. And a judge would go, well, he motherfucked you. Of course you would go kill them. Yeah, well, if anybody's ever seen the movie Hang Em High, um, there was a, uh, that's a good example of getting hung out on the, um, out on the prairie. There was a marshal there. Um, he said he, he was hanging these two kids. They were probably one was 16, one was 18. But at the time, they were adults. And he was hanging them for horse thieving. And um, uh, Clint Eastwood was all pissed off about it. And the guy goes, listen, man, he goes, I have I, I'm I'm uh, one man. I've got like 10 marshals and we're patrolling the entire state of Wyoming or whatever the hell state he's in. Uh, and he and and the guy goes, I can't, we we have if, if we were soft, if we didn't do what needed to be done, this place would just tear itself apart. So there was a time too when when um uh you, you know you disrespected me okay cool we're gonna go outside and we're gonna and we're gonna we're either gonna fight with fists knives or guns and that's the way it's gonna be and whoever eats it is just that's it you know that's yeah. how it went um I don't know man but the, what bothers me is is a, we've already talked about how if you want to come on this show. We're not going to disrespect you or make you cry or put you down or call you names. That that's their business. That that's the way they handle things. But in 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 uh, the photographic underground, you don't. We don't handle things that way. Uh, you uh, you uh, get your time. You say what you got to say, and when it's all done, nobody. It doesn't matter if anybody changed anybody's mind. But at least, wise, you had enough guts to show up. The problem is that these people don't have guts to show up. They just want to talk shit they want to put people down and um and then they're hypocritical because this guy after i told him uh, oh he 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 basically he oh, he called me a creepy old guy creepy right. old guy he pulled he, he he he's pissed off about racism and yet he pulls the age card it's freaking ridiculous the guy's a freaking hypocrite and then and and people are actually listening to him and here's what i can tell you right now if um, we found his um, uh, listener demographic, I can bet that of white people, it's pretty small. <laughs> I mean, really small. Well, I, 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 after after you sent me to his podcast, after pointing out what he did last time, I also went and looked at some of his work. And I'll be honest with you, his work is about as lame as his opinion. Yeah. He's, uh, and that's what I've noticed mostly is like, all these people with these big opinions have no talent. Uh, yeah, I've noticed that it's, myself. I, I mean, like, no talent whatsoever. And yeah. I sit there and I, I go like, dude, maybe you should put more time into your fucking craft than into parodying other people's fucking opinions that you feel strongly about. 
Yeah, they, they don't have anything to do. They don't even have anything really to do with um, photography. First, um, first of all, there, there's no, there's really unless you're somebody who go who pays money and gets on an airplane and goes to every com, com, conflicted area and w- wants to be a photojournalist, you know, who does it on their own dime, hoping they can sell their images, uh, which nobody can anymore because everyone's got a motherfucking cell phone. Everybody's a photojournalist now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, true. So, um, unless you're that guy, I really don't want to hear your fucking opinions on the on the world. Yeah, because all you're doing is sitting with your thumb up your ass in front of your computer, going, oh, "That sounds about right to me." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, it's it's like the meme generation. Nobody has an opinion of their own. They all go find memes that say what they want to say. Yeah, they don't even make their own memes. They just borrow bought, bought, them from somebody else, and and that's their uh, opinion at that time. This is one thing I want to talk about. And I was this um, this uh, photographer, female photographer that I came across. She was on another podcast, and what she was talking about was censorship. Now, here's the thing: I I I don't allow anybody to censor me, so I don't know exactly. You know, I have a hard time identifying with this. But what she was doing was she was talking to this other. Uh, professional photographer and they were talking about censorship and she was claiming that she was being censored and she of course was blaming the social media platform claiming that her stuff was no worse than than what the um these other people were putting out except that the people in her work were um um kirby meaning overweight and that the people in the other person's work were they were skinny blondes I'm like, okay, um, I don't know if that's actually accurate because you're, one, you're a boudoir photographer. Well, boudoir is porn. That's what that is. Anybody who's trying to tell you it's something different is um, trying to make themselves feel better. I don't care if you're a pornographer, but own it. Yeah. Own it. Yeah. If you're if you're getting uh, women who have low self-esteem to take their clothes off and you're taking pictures of it and the, and the whole, whole purpose is to turn on their man – well, then that that's pornography. That's what that is. So um, that's what she was doing. And, I, and I'm pretty certain that, oh, and when it all came down to it, well, she started talking about um, these women being skinny and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, here's the thing. Number one, if I'm selling string bikinis, I'm going to get a model that's going to fit that. At the same token, I'm not going to get a, a size zero in order to um, – model um plus size um clothes i'm not doing that you 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 get the model to fit the um demographic that you're shooting for that's it nothing personal nothing personal but the problem was is that um um, what i figured out later was um uh, that she was um an overweight lesbian that apparently was the problem she was claiming that because she was overweight that she was um, being um, censored and ostracized. And she's also claiming that since she was lesbian, she's also being censored and ostracized. And then she's telling the host, we need to, we need to be more inclusive. I'm like, you need to be more inclusive. I'm a hundred percent inclusive. I don't know what your problem is. I mean, if, if you weren't, if you're not, if you need to be inclusive, what does that make you now? It makes you exclusive. Yeah. yeah. So don't be coming off like you're cool and you're going to be, you're going to make yourself better. The fact is, is the only person you need to worry about is yourself. So if we, if we need to be more inclusive, what that means is you need to be more inclusive. So um, I don't know why you're speaking for me. <laughs> uh, the other thing was, is that after um, that whole thing went down, I, I talked to her 
and it didn't last long because she blocked me much like this podcaster. Right. And uh, what I told her, told her was I go, um, you, uh, you need to make sure that the, that the work that you're doing, uh, the, the people that are not interested in your work are probably don't have a use for it. That's it. They, if they're trying to sell, maybe the, that I, cause she was pointing out some of her friends were having the same problem and I'm going, okay. If you if she they're shooting models that don't fit the um the um demographic that this um th- that this customer is shooting for they're trying to they're trying to sell a product they don't give it two shits about being inclusive or two shits about hurting your feelings they have to sell a product and that's what they're going to be doing so if they if they need a skinny girl they're going to get a skinny girl if they need an overweight girl they're going to do that if they need a black girl they'll get a black girl if they need a white girl they'll get a white girl they're not getting white skinny girls. Because they need a black girl. That don't make any sense. <laughs> so I said, okay, you know what? I got this idea. Why don't you send me the work that got censored? And she refused, straight up refused. Well, of course, because she, the reason why is because she violated the community standards. And she knows, knew that if I saw it, I would know that. She was right. in denial. She wanted to come up like she was a victim. She's And she's not. Well, so... Yeah. That's the that's I'll be honest with you. It's the biggest problem in America right now is the victim class is uh, kind of running the game. And yeah. I was thinking about that today and I would go, nothing will keep you being a loser in this world longer than being a victim because you yeah. won't try for any. If you if you believe you're a victim, you will not try. And yeah, if you actually, don't, you're right. not going to get anything. Yeah. Um. This is. I just remembered this too. I want to talk about this. I was talking to this other shooter. He's a Canadian, and um, uh, their prime minister shut down their entire country, prevented them from leaving the country. Told them that if they leave and come back, that he's going to find them, um, uh, uh, incarcerate. Well, not incarcerate them, but detain them, uh, force them to um, take a test, and then stay in a very specific. Um, um, covid hotel at their own dime now i don't know if that's i guess they can do that to canadians you can't do that in the united states and that's no. completely illegal that's illegal on about five different fronts and um violation of the constitution then he says if you come back positive uh you, you have to stay at a at a government facility that's a that's an internment camp for those who don't know what a government facility is that's an internment yeah. camp yeah um and if you're not you 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 will have to um um quarantine at home, which is ridiculous, because you don't you can't you can't you don't quarantine a person who's not sick. He says you have to quarantine at home under in under um, um, increased significantly increased enforcement and surveillance. He basically told you told these Canadians that if you come back to the country, he's going to detain you, forcibly test you, fine you, and then he's going to incarcerate you or put you under house arrest. Now in the United States, get tied to a bumper of a car, drug down the street. I don't know what these Canadians are doing, but they, they're straight victims. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs>